Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. All right, y'all. So we have been, um, we've been talking over the past few weeks since the first of the year about growing in our faith, about making some changes, making some shifts, going from where we're at to where God wants us to be and how to get there. Uh, We've talked about things like going from a me-first lifestyle to a you-first lifestyle. We talked about, um, we talked, what else did we talk about? Oh, we talked about going from a duty lifestyle to a devotion lifestyle. Last week, we talked about going uh, from a follower to a leader. Uh, And this week, we're going to talk about uh, making the shift to us being ambassadors for Christ. And we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul putting the same call on our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17, says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Can everybody say amen for that? Is anybody happy? Is anybody thankful today that once you are in Christ, the old has gone Those old ways, those old thoughts, those old habits, those old situations, even though the enemy tries his best to creep them into your present, we are given a promise here in Scripture that the past is gone. Amen? Amen. Keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 18, all this is from God who who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Amen? There may not be better sentence in all of Scripture than that right there. Because God reconciled himself to the world today, all that past, all that old, all that things long ago, All that sin, all that struggle, all that trouble, all those bad mistakes, all those times that we wish we could go back and redo all those situations are not counted against us. Come on, y'all. Listen, this is like the Tar Heels. This is like the Tar Heels saying last night never happened, right? This is like the Tar Heels saying that game with Duke last night didn't even happen. It's not on the schedule. You can't go back and find the score. It's never even happened. God, because him reconciled himself to us, because of Jesus Christ, because of what he done for us, we have the ability today to stand here, to worship, to sit where you're sitting today as people whose sins are not counted against them. Yeah. In case you don't know, I like a little reaction. Feel free to cheer or boo, whichever one you see appropriate. I can take either. All right, keep reading. Um, where are we at here? I don't remember. 
Let's go back to 18 because it sounds so good. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So there you see Paul himself saying, you, you, those of you that are in Christ, those that have been reconciled to God. You know what reconciled mean, right? Two things that are apart have been brought back together. Reconciliation, think husband and wife split up back together, reconciliation. Friendship, close friendship, somebody did somebody wrong, no friendship, reconciliation is things, two things being brought back together. Because of when Jesus did for us, because of the way sin separated us from Jesus or from the Father, because of the Son of, of, of God, because of his blood, because of the cross, because of his resurrection, we have been reconciled, we have been brought back to, we have been brought back into a right relationship with God the Father today. If that is you, say amen. amen. Then you, my friend, according to Paul in 2 Corinthians, are an ambassador. You're an ambassador. The message version. You guys know about the message version of the Bible? You guys know? If you don't know, there's a version of the Bible uh, called the message. And all the other translations like the NIV, the KJV, the NKJV, the NASB, the ESV, all that kind of stuff, they are word-for-word translations from the original Hebrew and Greek. The Message Bible is not a word-for-word translation. It is a thought-for-thought translation. So it's like an idea-for-idea. This guy named Eugene Peterson, wonderful guy, um, he took the time, read through the Scripture, and he translated it thought-for-thought. He translated it from the Hebrew and from the Greek. So it's not coming from our English. It's coming from the original, but it's not a word-for-word. It is a thought-for-thought, and then he puts it into his words but it's a thought for thought. So the message version says this, that same scripture, (coughs) excuse me, that same scripture in 2 Corinthians 5 says this in the message. Now we look on the inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. He's created brand new. The old life is gone and the new life now emerges. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with him through the Messiah, through Jesus, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We are Christ's representatives. So Paul uses the word in the uh, NIV of ambassadors. The message version uses uh, representatives. I want to take a few minutes today and simply share with you and talk with you about being Jesus Christ's representatives and how we represent him, how we are his ambassadors, how we now have the job of taking the ministry of reconciliation and the message of reconciliation, we will get to in a couple minutes, of how it's our job today to take that to people who don't know him and what that means for growing our faith. But before we do that, I've got a story to tell. I had the opportunity about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago, to be a representative, to be an ambassador of sorts. Who, um, who drops kids off at school in the mornings? Anybody? 
Y'all are some lucky people. Before Anna Lee was born, I was in charge of taking TJ to school. I was the one sitting in the drop-off line in the mornings. And we had a certain time we had to get there because at like 7.50, somewhere around there, the teacher stopped letting the kids come in. And then you have to go to the office and get a tardy slip. And the parent has to sign the tardy slip to get the kid in the class. So we had a specific time. TJ and I had a specific time that we had to leave to be able to get in line and enough time to get through the line to be able to get him in school in time. Well, one day, we were a couple minutes late, okay? We wouldn't even like that late. It's just that the line, everybody else was there much earlier, okay? So we're, if you, you probably don't know, but Denton Elementary has a circle drive, and once you come out the circle drive, there's a road there, and then there's a road that goes to the left, and then there's two big old curves. So you're about, I don't know, half a mile, quarter of a mile from the school if you're at the back of the line. Well, just so happens that morning, we were at the back of the line, okay? And it's like 7.20, 7.25, plenty of time to get from the back of the line all the way around the two curves, the street, get passed by First Baptist Church, get into the circle drive, get through the circle drive, drop TJ off, plenty of time. But that morning, we didn't make it in time. So we had to pull through and park up at the front. Now, what I found out was we were fourth in line. We were four cars away from getting TJ in line in school without me having to sign a tardy pass. Four cars. So we pulled up. I get out of the car. There's four other moms standing there in line signing their papers to get their kids in school. None of them were happy. You know why? Because they were in line with enough time too. Bye, guy. So it gets up there to my turn. A lovely lady that works in the office there, her name's Tanya. I've known Tanya my whole life, wonderful lady. She said, hey, Michael. I said, hello. I said, we've got to talk. She said, what's wrong? I said, Tanya, I was here plenty of time to get TJ through the line, dropped off. I said, y'all's line's running slow. You got to figure something else out. About that time, y'all, four other moms behind me said, we were here early too. I turned around, I said, yes, you were. We were all here in enough time. We were all here in plenty of time to get our kid through the line, get them out of the car, get them in the school so we wouldn't have to sign a tardy pass. Now about that time, three other moms come walking up. I said, I don't know about these three moms, but these four right here, Tanya, they were in line with plenty of time. We deserve better. We shouldn't have to get out of our car. We shouldn't have to sign this tardy pass. My kids shouldn't be counted tardy just because your line was running slow. Tanya, we were here early enough. Y'all, these four parents behind me, they started clapping. They were cheering me on. I turned around. I said, y'all, we're in this together. Me and you, we're fighting the good fight. We're in this battle together. They loved me that day. I found myself that day being the voice, being the representative for four moms that were unhappy like myself because we had to get out of our cars on a Tuesday morning and sign a paper so our kid could get into school. Now, when I left, I said, Tanya, have a good day. Good to see you. When I left, y'all, they were giving me high fives when I was walking back to the car. I was high-fiving everybody. They were high-fiving me. They all told me, say, good job, Michael, good job. They said that one lady didn't know me. She said, what's your name? I said, I don't want to tell you my name. My wife works here. I can't. I don't want to say anything. Uh, sometimes, 
This is terrible, y'all. I've made up names before in those situations. Uh, we used to play basketball at Denton Elementary on Tuesday nights, some boys. I never, wanted to put, I never wanted to be the one to sign up to get the gym because Kelly works there. And if they saw Michael Jernigan's name on there, and if something bad went down, they would say, oh, that's Callie's husband. So there have been times where I've went to sign up for the gym, and I talked to my girl, Tanya. I would put a fake name on the paper just so they wouldn't see that Michael Jernigan's name's on the paper, just in case something went down. That's terrible. I shouldn't do that kind of stuff, but it's the way it is. So back to why we're here (laughs) before we get off the rails any further. Back to why we're here. We are called to represent Jesus. I found myself that morning representing these four other moms, and they loved me for it. I was speaking for them, I was taking care of them, I was a part of them, and I was the one going against the big bad office at Denton Elementary, and the wonderful young lady, Tanya, she's great, y'all, I'm telling you, she's the best, Um, but I had some moms behind me cheering me on. We're called in scripture to represent Jesus. Our Christian lives are just like that. We are called to represent. We are called to speak for. We are called to stand up for Jesus. My worry is, my fear is, is that the today in the modern church, that the church does a really good job of representing itself, but does a bad job of representing Jesus. How many times have you seen in a community How many times have you seen in a town, if there's a church in that town and something bad goes down at that church, the neighborhood knows about it, right? How many times have there been a morality issue inside the church, the neighborhood knows more about that issue, knows more about that family, knows more about that person than they do about grace and forgiveness on the backside of that issue. My worry is, is that we do a really good job representing church but we do a poor job at representing Jesus. I believe today, if we were representing Jesus well, if we were good ambassadors, if we were representing Jesus well, what the neighborhood, what the community, what the, what the neighborhoods around the world or close to churches, what they would see, they would see four things. One, they would see forgiven sinners worshiping God together. Number two, they would see the word of God being preached with love and grace and truth. Number three, they would see people who love the neighborhood and who serve the neighborhood. And number four, they would hear your voice sharing God's love to them. That's how you represent Jesus well. You worship together. You obey the word. You serve the neighborhood. And we share God's love with unbelievers. That's what it means to represent Jesus well. Um, Jesus said himself, uh, he says in the gospels, I came to seek and to save the lost. I hope you know today that part of being a representative, part of being an ambassador is that we have a mission from the Lord. Our mission is an extension of Jesus' mission. What was Jesus' mission? Say it loud, girl. Say it louder. One more time. (laughs) Jesus' mission, as I just said, was to seek and to save the lost. Our mission as representatives of Jesus is an extension of that. Now, let me say this. We ain't saving nobody. Amen? 
My blood don't mean nothing. My death don't mean anything. And neither does yours. We ain't saving nobody. One of the dangers I see in the American church today is people who have a Messiah complex. People who say, gosh, I can do everything Jesus did. No, no, no. Well, if you were to get nailed on a cross, all that would happen to you is you would die. That's not what we see in Scripture, correct? We see Jesus. He died. Three days later, he come back to life. That's where our salvation is at, is in the blood of Jesus. Not from us. We're not saving anybody. We're not here today um, with salvation in our name. Salvation doesn't come from us. It comes from God alone. It comes from the Son of Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But our mission, our mission as an extension of Jesus' mission is this. We stand with Jesus today in this culture, in this world. We show grace and mercy and love as he did, we do it today. We speak the truth in love and grace and mercy as he did then, we do it today. That's what it means to be on mission for Jesus. To be a representative is to represent all that Jesus did years ago, we do it today in our culture, in our world. But we don't save. Salvation comes from him and him alone. Our ultimate mission is this is to love Hubbard and to love Jesus and to do everything we can to bring those two people together. Amen? That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that matters is my love for Hubbard and my love for the Lord and to do whatever it takes to bring these two things together. Can I tell you a little secret that you probably already know? However much money you got in the bank, don't matter. When you breathe your last breath, it doesn't matter. However many cars you got, whatever kind of house you got, when you get to heaven, guess what? It ain't going to be there. You know what is going to be there? Hubbard. Can I tell you today, everything you see around you, it's all fine. It's good. It's great. But what really means something is the person sitting beside you, Jesus Christ, and every, do everything that we can to bring those two together. Because in the afterlife, in heaven, the only thing that's going to be there is Hubbard and the Lord. Amen? All right. Here we go. So if we're on mission for Jesus, if we're on mission for Jesus, that helps us to realize that every part of our life is an opportunity for us to represent the Lord. Every part of our opportunity, the mundane part of life, those things you think don't matter, those uh, conversations you have with um, Michelle at the uh, Chick-fil-A drive-thru that you think is no big a deal, those mundane, small, minuscule, unimportant parts of your life, can I tell you today that those parts of your life mean a great deal? Why do they mean a great deal? Because that's an opportunity for you to represent Jesus to them. Even in those small things that you may think doesn't matter, 
Today, when you leave here, if you go eat lunch, you can represent Jesus Christ to someone who maybe has never been, never heard of Jesus before, has never experienced the love of Jesus before. You have an opportunity to represent him today. When I leave here today, I'm going to coach a kindergarten and first grade basketball game today. That's an opportunity for me to represent Jesus, to love like Jesus, to share Jesus, to serve like the Lord. That's an opportunity for me to do all that to seven boys and one little girl on our team. That's an opportunity for me to do that to eight, seven more sets of parents. That's an opportunity for me to represent Jesus to those two referees that need all the help they can get. <laughs> they're great. We have two referees they are the same ones, pretty much the same ones every time. They're great. They're young kids. They're like 17 or 18. They're wonderful. I've offered my assistance to them at any time. I told them, I said, y'all, I'm available to teach you how to do this. So I don't want people to get mad at you, so let me help you out. Thank you. Thank you. All of those small areas of our life that we think mean nothing, that we think are just throwaway, those are opportunities for us to represent to the Lord, to be an ambassador for the Lord. Once you live with that mindset, once you live with that thought process, then all of a sudden the ordinary becomes extraordinary because your ordinary lunch becomes an opportunity for you to represent Jesus Christ to someone who maybe has never met the Lord before. The mundane, the, 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 the same old, same old lifestyle all of a sudden becomes a sacred lifestyle or a sacred conversation or a sacred meeting because you have the opportunity to represent Jesus in all aspects of your life. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, right before Jesus' ascension, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, are you now going to restore the kingdom of Israel to Israel? Jesus said, don't worry about the time or the dates. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. Once the power, the Holy Spirit power comes on you, you will receive that power and then you will be my what? Does anybody remember? Thanks, pew! You will be my witnesses. You will be my representatives. You will be my ambassador. Once you receive that power, you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to all of Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus Christ himself says, you will be my witnesses. First, Jesus says, you'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where his disciples lived. It's where they ate. It's where they worked. It's where they hung out. That was where they did their life. That's where they lived. What Jesus was saying is simply this. All areas of your life in Jerusalem, you witness for me. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. You go to Chili's today for lunch, you be a representative for the Lord. You go to work tomorrow, you represent for the Lord. You got family coming over to your house on Sundays for Sunday dinner, you represent for the Lord. You go to a Super Bowl party next Sunday night, you represent for the Lord. Those average, ordinary, everyday things can come sacred and godly when we realize that every aspect of our life is an opportunity for me to represent for Jesus. Amen. 
So we represent, we're an ambassador in two different ways. Number one, we talked about last week, so we're not going to spend just a minute and a half on it. We represent Jesus with our actions. We represent the Lord with our actions. We talked about this last week with our influence, with leadership. Remember the influence circles we drew last week? The people on the outside circle, the people that we have influence over, we represent the Lord to them by the way we live, by our actions. Paul calls this in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 here, he calls that the ministry of reconciliation. It's what we do. It's how we live. It's how we serve. It's how we help. It's what we do. Can I just real quickly, and we'll move on. Um, You don't have to do something great to serve the Lord, to represent him well. You can represent the Lord well in small things. For some reason, people think you have to be preaching to thousands of people to represent God well. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you hold the door open for somebody, you're representing the Lord well. If you help clean up a situation, you're representing the Lord well. If you're at a restaurant and you see a crying baby and you go over and make silly faces and get that kid to start laughing, you're representing the Lord well. You can take these small things in your life. The things like saying please and thank you represents the Lord well. Your attitude, your attitude while you're sitting in line at the school drop-off in the mornings (laughs) represents Jesus well. That one's for me. All right, number two. We represent Jesus with our actions. And number two, what I want us to spend five, maybe ten minutes on, we represent Jesus with our words. Paul calls this the message of reconciliation in 2 Corinthians 5. We represent Jesus with our words. How many people know today that words hurt? Amen? You heard the saying, sticks and stones break my bones, but words never hurt me. Wrong. That's a lie. There's sometimes, most of the time, bones heal. Right? You get a cast. You get a shot. (laughs) Whatever. You get it reset. You go to physical therapy. You stretch. Words, my friends, can stay with you for a lifetime. Words have the power to heal and words have the power to hurt. Words have the power to change the trajectory of your life and somebody else's life. Words have power. Um, I got three things I want to share with you this morning. Basic, applicable things that we can do to be wise with our words. Um, Anybody ever think back to a conversation that you've had uh, maybe when you were a kid with a parent or a teacher and it's still kind of those words they say you can remember everything. Those hurtful words, you still remember everything that was said. Maybe it was with a former spouse. Maybe it was with a mom or a dad. Maybe it was a friend. And those words, maybe it's been five years, 10 years, 25 years, 45 years later, and you still can feel the pain and the sting of those words. I want us to make sure that's not us speaking those words because we're representing the Lord. We got to represent him with our lifestyle and with our words. So real quickly, three quick things of how we can be wise with our words. Number one, basic here. I'm getting deep, y'all, deep. Talk less, listen more. Talk less, listen more. 
Some of you may be thinking today, Michael, I wish you would talk less. Let's get out of here. Just give me a couple minutes. We'll be done, I promise. Talk less, listen more. Proverbs 10, verse 19 says this. Sin is not ended by the multiplying of words, but the prudent, the wise, the smart hold their tongues. Sin is not ended by the multiplying of words, but the prudent hold their tongues. James says, be quick to what? Listen and slow to speak. Anger's the next one. You're right though. I'm afraid sometimes we get that backwards. How many times does somebody have a conversation with you and the first thing you wanna do is solve their problem? I know what you should do. You need to do A, B, C, and D. And then they go do A, B, C, and D, and how's that work out? Not good. <laughs> I have learned over the past, I don't know, year or so, shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. Listen. Just last Sunday, last week, I sat right here in the front of the sanctuary after church was over, all you guys were gone, and spoke to a lady who shared with me a situation she was going through. I had no idea what to say. I didn't know. She shared with me a situation with her work. And I'm like, okay, what in the world am I supposed to do? So, you know what I did? I didn't say a word. <laughs> I sat there. I listened. I looked at her. And I listened. She shared her whole story. The only thing I could think to say was this. I'm so sorry you're going through that. How do you feel like nobody's got your back? You feel like you're all alone. You feel like nobody's with you. I just want you to know I'm with you. The Lord's with you. I love you. I'm going to be praying for you. I called her this week to check in. I didn't know what to say then. So you know what I said? Nothing. I listened. I simply listened to what she had to say. I listened to her heart. I listened to her concerns. I listened to her struggles. I simply Listen to what she had to say. And then we prayed together when she was done. That, I believe, was so much better than me trying to offer advice that I know nothing about. Amen? I really believe today that if we would be quick to listen and slow to speak, we would listen more and talk less. We would do ourselves a great service in our words. You ever say anything you wish you could take back? Of course you do. If you don't, you will. <laughs> Have a kid. <laughs> Have a kid. Wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You'll say something you wish you didn't say. Just a couple weeks ago, I said something to TJ I shouldn't have said. I lost my cool. I lost my temper. And later on that evening, I pulled TJ to the side. I said, hey, buddy, listen, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I said, I don't want you to say that. I don't want you to have that temper. I shouldn't do it either. Will you forgive me? And TJ, when this happens, TJ says the same thing every time. He says, it's okay, Dad. I say, buddy, no, it's not. I said, I've got to be better. I want you to be better, so I've got to be better. That would have been a great time for me to shut my mouth, right? I think today if we could be quick to listen and slow to speak, it would help us with our words. Number two, oh, I read this quote. This is a great quote, and I wanted to share it. I read this quote. It says this, A wise person speaks when they have something to say. Um, a fool speaks 
when they have to say something. You get that? A wise person speaks when they have something to say. A fool speaks when they have to say something. I love that. I want that on my tombstone when I pass. <laughs> I would love it. I love it so much. All right, number two. Number two. When you're angry, don't talk. When you're upset, don't talk. I have a buddy of mine who coaches a basketball team, a high school basketball team. He has a 24-hour rule with talking to his players' parents. The 24-hour rule is this. He said, don't talk to me until 24 hours after the basketball game. Because after the game, I may be upset. You may be upset. We may both be upset. You get two upset people together. What happens? Explosion. <laughs> Let's take a deep breath. Let's wait 24 hours. Come talk to me tomorrow. I will listen to whatever you want to share with me afterwards. I will share with you the next day. Let's just hold off. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart speaks the mouth. Your words come from your heart. So if your heart is filled with anger and frustration, what do you think is going to come out of your mouth if you speak with anger and frustration in your heart? Nothing but hatred, nothing but hateful speaks because that's what's in here and that's what comes out here. When you're angry, don't speak. How many times in your life, if you would have practiced that advice in the past, had you been in better shape than when you were? Can we be real today? <laughs> when you're angry, don't speak. Proverbs 29 verse 11 says this, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Fools give full vent to their rage. It means they don't stop. It means it goes and goes and goes and goes. While the wise person brings calmness in the end. How many of you know sometimes calmness doesn't come to the next day? Right? Can we be real? How many of you know that being angry isn't necessarily a bad thing, but acting out of anger is not a good thing? Sometimes it takes an hour to cool off. Sometimes it takes a day to cool off. And that's fine. That's okay. When we speak the next day, when we speak after that frustration and that anger and that upset in our heart is removed, then the better words are going to come out of your mouth. Because anger is not in your heart. Because that hatred, that frustration is no longer in your heart. That words, that uh, frustrated words, those angry words are not going to come out because it's not in the heart. Jesus says, whatever's here comes out here. And number three, speak the truth. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Some of you are thinking, I got no problem with that. I'll tell anybody what I think. I don't care what they say. That's good. I know some people like that. But it's one thing to speak the truth. It's something completely different to speak the truth in love. Amen. We can share truth, even truth that other people do not believe. We can share that truth in love. You do realize today you can speak out against something in love. Right? 
You can speak out against something and do it in love. It doesn't have to be done at the expense of the person or the situation you're speaking out at. Let's just say my dear friend McKenna here is a Duke fan. I want to speak out against that because she needs it. Maybe you speak out like this. What are you doing? Are you outside your mind pulling for them blue devils? Why in the world would you let any kind of devil come into your life? You need to stop that and get on that Tar Heel train as quick as you can. Now that's speaking out against, but that's not speaking out in love, right? You can speak out against something, but you can still do it in love. Can you imagine how many of the world's problems would be solved simply by speaking the truth with love? Huh? Division that you see in our world today would be gone. This white and black deal would be no more. This American uh, immigrant deal would be no more. Simply by speaking the truth with love. Which is more important, the truth or the love? The love. However, they go hand in hand. They work together. Truth and love work together. So we represent Jesus with our actions. We represent Jesus with our words. And finally, as an ambassador, real quickly, we represent Jesus for a certain period of time. As an ambassador, for an ambassador of our country to go to another country, he's going there with the mission, much like we are here um, in this world as the mission from God to represent him. An ambassador from our country would go to another country to represent our country for a specific period of time. He's not going there forever. She's not going there to spend the rest of her life. She is there, he is there for a specific period of time, and then they will come back home. The same is true for you and I today. We have a chance today to represent Jesus today. And we only have that opportunity for a short period of time. I shouldn't have to tell you that life is fragile. Right? James says our life is like a vapor. You walk outside, you see your breath, then it's gone. You're only here for an instant. We're only here for an instant. Some of you may get 80 years, 90 years. Some of you may get 40 years or 50 years. There's a young man in Asheboro, 50 something, 52, 53, had a heart attack, passed away one day last week. Talking to his wife on the phone 10 minutes before the heart attack, one hour later, he was gone. You know what that's like. You've been there. Life is fleeting. Can I encourage you? Do not miss an opportunity to represent Jesus today because you may not get that chance again. Amen? Let's stand together. Come on up, band. Come on up, band.
If you today, <laughs> mom's got to hold the kid, y'all. I love it. I love it so much. Ashlyn, say hello to everybody. Everybody say hello, Ashlyn. Hello. Uncle Jern's right here. Yeah, she don't care. She don't care. Papa wants to know if you want a donut. You want a donut? If you're serious today about growing in your faith, then we've got to be serious about representing Jesus. Those two things work together. If you grow, you'll represent well. If you represent well, you're growing in your faith. Those two things are not separate, but they work together. They work in unison together. So can I encourage you and challenge you today? Take every opportunity you can today, small things to big things, and represent Jesus well. Amen. Amen.